0: Hello, this is Toner Quinn, and this is the 10th episode of the Journal of Music podcast. This week, I spoke to four Irish artists who are living abroad during the COVID-19 crisis, and I asked them about the impact of the pandemic where they are. The contributors are Jennifer Walsh in London, Simon German in New York, Anna-Murray in Tokyo, and Martin Hayes in Asturias in northern Spain. My first conversation is with composer Jennifer Walsh. She's based in London, but is also a professor at the University for Music and the Performing Arts in Stuttgart. I asked her what the atmosphere was like in London right now.
1: It's hard to know on one level what the mood is like in that we're all observing social distancing, you know, so we're staying in our own homes and... I found watching, you know, Leo Varadkar and Simon uh, Harris and Holland talking and the way they, you know, they positioned it, that we should see it, that these are sacrifices and irritations and annoyances that we do in order to save other people's lives. So that I've tried to take to heart, you, you know, is that like all this frustration, we do it just out of love for other people, not even people we're related to and maybe not even people we will ever meet. So we're trying to stay positive. It is difficult in a big city of almost nine million people because we're all cooped up. Most of us don't have gardens. You know, so getting out once a day for any sort of exercise is crucial for mental health. And then you go to the park and there's lots of people trying to observe social distancing, walking in the grass, walking in the bushes, really trying to put two meters between themselves and other people. But then, of course, there's people, you know, you can see after two weeks of lockdown, people beginning to party a little bit. With this sort of fake social distancing where there's seven people drinking cans, you know, but they're all 80 centimetres apart, you know, and things like that. So I worry about how, you know, people's resolve will weaken the longer this goes on.
0: And how have you managed the sort of isolation of it? Do you find that difficult?
1: Um, I think all composers have made a lot of jokes, all writers and artists I know, you know, that it their life isn't so different than how it was, you know, in that they're used to spending time alone. They're used to structuring their time alone. Um, For me, it's sort of it's been quite shocking in that I've now been at home in my apartment for uh, four and a half weeks. And that's the longest that I've been anywhere where I haven't flown somewhere in, I don't know, years and years and years so that's been quite different uh for me i think i just try to keep going i try to i i read a great piece by an italian uh journalist who said don't try to have a point don't try to have a perspective uh we're in the middle of all this we can't possibly have a take on on it you know how it's going to play out so i just try to be open learn what i can keep a decent schedule so that i don't go too crazy um and you know I'm Skyping with my students as well and trying to keep online trying to get things moving online for my professor job in Germany so there's I've got my hands full between the projects that I'm trying to do but it is sort of terrifying that every gig I have between now and mid-July has been cancelled and I'm one of the privileged lucky musicians in that I have a teaching position so I think this is going to really decimate a lot of um you know, musicians who have just been working freelance and haven't been able to get an academic position, that community, it's, it's going to be hit so, so hard.
0: So musically, are you working on anything at the moment?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm working constantly because it's the only thing that keeps me uh, sane. <laughs> so uh, I've been doing I did a big mix for Dublin Digital Radio. Um, I'm working on a piece uh, with Wobbly, a.k.a. John Lidecker, a.k.a. Wobbly. I suppose that's the way around you say it. Um, I've been starting to do these sort of London diaries for Luke Clancy's uh, Culture File. So I keep myself busy because I know that that's what will keep me um, the the distract the distraction of the work. Is a way of processing some of the emotions. So the, the mix that I made for Dublin Digital Radio is very much to do with like death and the occult and Irish Irishmen who had themselves buried in coffins for 100 hours in 1967 in Cove and uh, all sorts of different things. So I process it through that way. But also, you know, I have to keep myself occupied in that we can only leave the house once a day. You know, so being in being indoors all day long, you know, you're, you're better off occupied than than you know not occupied.
0: And is the pandemic, is the social situation, is that influencing your work? Do you, Do you think?
1: Oh, co- totally, because it's just it's like it's it's like saying I'm knitting a garment and then there's a dye that's been thrown, you you know what I mean, over the garment. So, I. I'm trying not to have a perspective on it and have a definitive sort of op-ed position on it right now because it's too, everything's changing. I read a great quote that said there's decades where nothing happens and then there's weeks where decades happen and it certainly feels like that at the moment, you know, uh, so there's, you know, you, you, you do process it through your work in weird ways and the way I work, you know, anyway, is always very much to do with the time that we're living in and is always very much to do with the current moment. So I, I can't rush it right now, but I can feel myself already questioning things. And I'm seeing some composers around me, some musicians, they work like that too. And they're sort of feeling very much like this is a fault line. This is sort of, you know, when you look at a cliff face and they can tell you that's where, you know, there was a Uh, You know, in the geological record, that's where there was like mass fires everywhere. And you can see this thin black line of carbon from all the fires and the geological record changes. And I feel very much it'll be that way for me, you know, after this year or after the years to come. It's just impossible to know to put a time frame on it.
0: Yeah, your work has dealt with the present, but it's also dealt with the future as well. I'm thinking about that piece that you premiered at New Music Dublin Mm -hmm. last year when you were talking about the future. Um, It does feel... A little like we're in a jenny walsh composition at the moment
1: <laughs> i'm very sorry toner <laughs> I'm very sorry you no, i i think that I, I i quote william gibson a lot and i talk about the fact that that gibson when he was working on pattern recognition or the book that turned into pattern recognition 9 11 happened and he was like 100 pages into the book and he After, you know, after a couple of weeks of doing nothing but reading the news and freaking out and grieving, he went back to working on the book and he just thought, I have to rip it all up and start over again. Because how can I keep going with a novel that's set in the world that we live in when the world that we live in has just changed so completely and utterly? And so I I feel very much that way about this moment. It's one of those sort of um, defining moments in all of our lives that there'll be a before and an after and the way we operate in the world and the way that we move through the world and the way that the world functions is going to be very different. And I don't mean that all of a sudden, you know, we'll have time travel or, you, you know, um, AI robots in our houses. I mean, simple things like wearing masks in public. I am I would say that the way we all physically relate to each other is really going to change. Like giving somebody a hug is going to have a very different meaning and and weight to it. you know um the arts the economy because of what's happening with the economy that means that a lot of arts venues are going to close probably or going to have a hard time surviving there's going to be you know 10 million people out of jobs all of a sudden in the last week and that's going to change everybody's lives so even if things do go back to some version of normal you know we're going back to we're going back to a world even if the shops start to open again where i'm worried Where I am here in North London and there's loads of small independently owned family businesses, fruit and veg shops run by Turks and Kurds. I'm wondering how many of those are going to survive, for example. And
0: how do you think artists are going to manage or try and deal with this situation in the coming months?
1: I think we all have to band together and we have to support one another. And we have to recognize where we do have privilege, how any of us that have any sort of financial privilege within this. Whether we have an academic position or we have families to fall back on, you know, or, or anything, people have to recognize where that privilege is um, and, and, and be aware of it and see where, how they can sort of seek to boost or help other people. Everybody in the arts always feels hard done by. Everybody in the arts always feels that everybody else have better gigs than them, better projects, more prestigious, more exposure and i'm guilty of that we're all guilty of that we're all guilty of po- poor mouthing you, you know what i mean our position but we've yeah. got to really look at what privilege that we do have and what resources we have and try to make sure that everybody makes it through because the like people who are you know free improvisers who just are already a lot of the free improvisers i know they're amazing musicians they're they don't have academic positions you know to fall back on they don't have arts council um commission applications to fall back on you know so so how do those people survive when all of a sudden all the gigs are gone all of a sudden thousands and thousands of euros that would have paid their rent has disappeared down the toilet you know over over the course of six months
0: and what are you hearing from musicians about how they're going to deal with that
1: i mean i've certainly heard from people i know who don't have you know, academic jobs and they're just, they're looking at their calendars and they're devastated not knowing where, you know, the rent's going to get paid and things like that. I think that certainly the people I know in Academia, what we're trying to do is anybody that we've asked to do workshops, anybody we've asked to do part-time teaching, we want to honour that, even if it has to be converted into an online format so that we can help those people still get that bit of income, you know, even if it's just a workshop. Um, I also think, you know there's beautiful things happening like if you look at that friday the band camp you know day where band camp said that they would uh withhold you know what i mean their their commission and i everybody i knew just went on there and spent as much money as they could the, the whole website was freezing because so many people were trying to spend money on music and i thought isn't this beautiful so many people trying to spend money on music what i what i say to all my students is and I say, musician, if you want to help people, if you're a student out there, maybe you only have a tenor to spend, go to Bandcamp and buy something on Bandcamp because that music goes that money goes directly to the artists. Whereas on Spotify, it goes to Spotify having you know really gorgeous executive offices in World Trade Center, you know in downtown Manhattan. So the, there's a way to sort of even think about where you're putting your attention or where you're putting even a tiny bit of money to help other musicians.
0: What about the situation in the UK and the support that has come from the, from the government there? How strong has that been?
1: I, I mean, certainly it was very funny to sort of feel like the Tories were acting like uh, socialists. Do, do you know what I mean? But that's all going to big, you know, that's all going to, go, that's all going to com- companies. Do, do you know what I mean? So I have no proper understanding of how that filters through to the arts right now. And I don't know how. I'm not sure whether that government funding fits their model or not.
0: And what do you know about the situation in Germany? They made a big announcement with regard to the arts as well.
1: I, I'm not completely aware of that because it's been so many different news sources. My understanding is that there's more financial help available you know, within uh, for artists with in Germany, to the extent that they're sort of talking almost like a universal basic income type model where people would get like just a sum or something like that. And I have heard whispers that it's easy to apply for and relatively straightforward, though I can't be sure on that. I certainly um, I'm a member of the Academy der Künste in Germany, and they've had to cancel all their um, exhibitions and concerts and performances. I was supposed to do a performance in Berlin in June, but what they're trying to do as best they can is they're trying to take any of the performances or anything that they can they can do online and uh, and, and sort of see if they can pay artists that way, you know, that we're expecting okay. to be paid. Uh, so they're trying it. And what they're also trying to do is instead of simply just saying to people, do you just want to set up a camera and stream a live gig? They're saying, like, how could you rethink the, the project or the concept or is there a way to, like, play with the medium? You know, rather than just, well, we'll just stick a camera on it. You, you know, I'm not criticizing people who do that. There's a lot of beautiful, um, you know, a lot of gorgeous uh, gigs out there right now. D- do you know? And I watched, I think was a Colin McEnumara did a beautiful Facebook yeah. street concert. I watched I watched most of that. I had it on in the background and it felt really cozy and lovely. Um, so I'm not criticizing that. I think uh, I think, though, we've got to figure out where that's headed and what it means do you know what i mean like is it just streaming from your house or can we maybe rethink what that even means we don't know what streaming live gigs is yet you know it hasn't revealed its true grammar if that makes sense
0: i think there's going to be some serious innovation in that area if this keeps going
1: there'll have to be i think and people i think also have to figure out like well is that what they actually want or is there other things that they would prefer instead so i think there's going to be lots of people trying things out and messing around and I mean, I think the weirdest thing I saw was people doing stand-up comedy that was streamed, and I was thinking, how the hell can you do that? Because, like, the medium of stand-up is so much the audience. You know, it's like saying I'm doing yeah. piano, but you don't actually have a piano with you. So I'm curious how that will change, because people will have to figure out ways, what you know, about, about how to sort of make things happen. And I do think people are already doing that in a non-commercial way. Like, if you look at the co-video parties, And things like that like people are figuring out ways to watch things together Uh, i know somebody here he um his girlfriend is in poland and they make the same recipe you know they decide on thursday we'll make the same recipe and we'll watch the same movie at the same time and so they eat exactly the same food and watch the same movie and that's pretty beautiful you know it's figuring out to be together like it's it's interesting because we're moving from a sort of a tech lash to an absolute embrace of tech as being the one, you know, connective tissue that will get us through this all. So, again, it's still up for grabs. We're still not sure where it's headed. That's how I feel. You know, it's too early to call any of it.
0: Composer Jennifer Walsh in London. My next conversation is with bass guitarist Simon German, who has lived in New York City for the past 11 years and whose work includes albums such as Trot a Mouse and Hymney and the most recent Pictorial Atlas of Mammals. I asked Simon about the situation in New York.
2: It's it's kinda nuts here at the moment, you know. Um I mean I, I think, you know, New York is, is that has the highest number of cases in the States and, and Queens has the highest number of cases in New York. Um so we're hearing lots of lots of sirens and helicopters and stuff. And, and you're and in we, Queens. Yeah, yeah. We we're, we're in Queens, um in Astoria. And so, you know, we're just we're just staying staying inside most of the time, just going out for the occasional walk and to get groceries. Um, but I mean, in a way, w- w- my wife and I are both in kind of very privileged positions in that we, we can do some work from home. She can do most of her work from home. I can do a little bit and we're able to, to be home, you know, and, and, and be safe. Unlike a lot of people who have to go out and work. in it.
0: But what work are you
2: doing from home? I can do, well, I can do a little bit of online teaching, which is something on, on FaceTime or, or, or on Zoom. So obviously all, all my gigs are gone, tours are gone. Um, I had a few recordings that were planned that will hopefully be be rescheduled. But the little bit of private teaching, some of those students, you know, are, are continuing through this.
0: How long have you been under lockdown then?
2: Well, I mean, the thing is with the lockdown here, it, it, it sort of suggested it, it's not really being enforced, you know. Um, and so it's kind of weird because we live beside Astoria Park and kind of beside the East River. And so when you look out, it just it looks like kind of the summer holidays. People are out still quite a bit, but it's this weird mixture of, of like of the summer holidays and the apocalypse. It's kind of it's kind of disconcerting. It's hard to know what's what. But, but in theory, we've been on lockdown for, for three weeks. I mean, we've been, we've been kind of indoors for the last three weeks.
0: But are people not fully social distancing there?
2: Not, not really, not to the extent that, uh, that I think they probably should be. You know, people were, were being encouraged to go out for walks and, and to do their daily exercise, but the problem is that Everybody's kind of doing it at the same time and then congregating in the same areas to do it. You know, and you still, I've seen people out the window having picnics and stuff as well. So I don't know. It seems um, that's just going to make it the whole thing last longer for,
0: for everybody. Is there much support for artists who have lost work in New York? Well, it's
2: very difficult to get clear information it's it's very hard to know. I mean, the unemployment website has crashed, and I've, people are on it for hours a day just trying to get through. It's also very unclear who is eligible. You know, if you're on, if you're if you're a citizen, you're eligible. If you're a green card card holder like me, you are eligible. But if you're an O1 visa holder, like a lot of artists here are, the, the O1 visa is the artist visa. Um, it's unclear if you're eligible, and if you are, if it could go against you in uh in you know when you want to renew that visa in a couple of years time so it's 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 sort of it's unclear but but so far i don't know anybody who's gotten any governmental support um i mean people are still you know kind of using the time really well and and making the most of it um especially people with decent kind of home recording setups i don't have a great home recording setup at all but there's a few people already that I've been you know we've been sending audio files back and forth and and collaborating on on things that 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 will probably get recorded and worked on quite quickly and released quite quickly so there's still lots of work being made and enthusiasm and things happening it's kind of a it kind of I think has brought some communities closer together strangely enough but um but in terms of outside support for that I, I don't think there's there is much of that here. I mean, not that there ever was before this, but a situation like this really highlights it, I suppose.
0: It must be strange to go from a situation where you have the really vibrant New York scene to nothing. Is that the case now that there's no music at all?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, it, that, that, that's a, a, absolutely the case. It doesn't feel 100 percent like that because because people are so active online and there's there's so many things going on online as responses to it you know there's people um like i'm part of a group where uh it's this online improv concerts people do 15 minute sets from their apartments and and some people are in new york some people are in europe and there's people you know recording something and then encouraging other people to to overdub on top of it Kind of as as challenges, you know. A a great bass player, Phil Donkin, who lives in a, who used to live here but lives in Berlin, recorded himself playing, playing Cherokee, this jazz standard, you know, really, really fast, um, as a kind of a challenge to himself while he was practicing, and encouraging people to 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 record themselves along with it. So in, in a way, there's kind of a lot of connection that wouldn't necessarily happen. In ordinary times but in terms of real life face-to-face connection there's yeah there's there there is nothing nothing at all so i'm very glad that that i live with my wife and then two cats and have have you know interactions every day for people living on their own i think it's it's probably very challenging
0: Mm. and is there a concern that some venues in new york jazz venues other types of music venues, that they might survive this if it persists?
2: There is, yeah, there's a lot of talk about, there's a lot of, you know, venues that have been staples of the music scene for, for decades that um, that are talking about the possibility of, of going under um, if this goes on for, for much longer or if there isn't some sort of real government intervention. Um so I really wonder how, how how a lot of things will look, you know, wh- wh- when this is done. I mean, I could imagine a lot of, yeah, a, a, a lot of places closing up. And
0: so what's your perspective on it? What do you think is going to happen? Is there any sign that there will be an intervention?
2: I mean, you know, there has been this this government stimulus package um, about a week ago, um, and I don't know all the the finer details of it but anybody i know that's running you know smaller venues here seems not to have been helped out re- really by it and so there's people you know with gofundme uh, kickstarter type things online and and um, asking for donations and so uh, yeah it, it, it's so kind of unprecedented it, it's very hard to know but i mean i hope i have all all the information you're right my understanding is that there's a reprieve on mortgages but not on rents so so loads of those places you know are rented spaces even the village vanguard as as far as i know is i hope i'm right here on this too is rented Mm. they they have a very long lease but if they're not being given a break on their rents i just don't know how how you know how they could continue for more than a couple of months and and it's funny because we we are planning on, on moving to berlin this summer um and now, of course, the exact timeline of that's a little bit up in the air. But co- comparing the situation for artists in in Berlin and how, how it's being treated there is 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 like night and day, you know.
0: Why did you make the decision that you want to move to Berlin?
2: Uh, well, it's a thing that we've been talking about for for ages. I just, I mean, I think Berlin is a, is a great city with an amazing music scene, and and I've spent a good bit of time there over the last few years for a few different projects that i've been involved with so i think it would just make a lot of things e- easier touring would be easier uh cost of living would be less have a little bit more space and and my wife is is from new york so we, we'd still be back here a lot to visit family and, and to play and stuff but um
0: when was the last time you actually played in new york
2: i played a gig um on march 12th at a place called the Owl Music Parlor um, in Brooklyn, and uh, and it was right. I mean, actually, I I played there on the twelfth, and I was supposed to play there again on the thirteenth, and so I left some pedals and stuff there. And on the afternoon of the thirteenth, that gig got cancelled. Um. So those pedals are sadly still still living at the venue. Mm-hmm.
3: But
0: um. But yeah, that was the last one, March twelfth. And are you finding it a productive time for yourself at home? I am, honestly, yeah. I mean,
2: it's, it's such a, I mean, even though there's this sort of feeling of dread in the air, I, I'm, yeah, for me, like, I'm, you know, practicing a lot and, and listening to lots of music and writing and reading and, um, and sending things back and forth, you know, to friends and hearing what they're working on. So for me, yeah, musically it's it, it, it's it's really productive.
0: Is it going to change your music, do you think?
2: Um, oh that's a good question.
0: There's definitely there's definitely no excuses
2: to be avoiding <laughs> working on certain <laughs> things that you can kind of put on the long finger. Um so I think from that point of view like um in my own practice I, I, I'll I'll make probably more progress then then if i if, if i was just well it's hard to say though because of course playing with people is is is, is a big part of progress too but i i do yeah. think i do think this period is very intense and lots of good things will come out of it and i think afterwards people will just really appreciate being able to make music with others in in the same room and and for audiences you know i mean mm-hmm. I, I didn't take that for granted before but jenny i really won't take it for granted now
0: Bass guitarist Simon German. Next, I spoke to composer Anna Murray, who is currently on a scholarship to study no theatre at the Tokyo University of the Arts. When I spoke to Anna, it had just been announced that Japan was going to introduce a state of emergency because of COVID nineteen. Anna, I'm reading today that Japan is planning uh, to declare a state of emergency. So, what does that mean for for you there?
4: Mm. Uh, Well, it's a little complicated. It's not as straightforward as it is at home. So since World War Two, there's been a lot of restrictions placed into law. Uh, the, The government can't do anything that restricts people's freedom. And that's written into law here. So even though they're going into a state of emergency, it doesn't mean the kind of strict lockdown measures that are that's happening there. So they use this word request, so they request that people stay at home. And in well, in English, we, we translate it as request, but it's something that's a little bit stronger than a request, but it's not as strong as, you know, a command. So for the last few weeks, everyone has just been staying at home as much as possible. But I mean, if you go out at any time, we've been avoiding going outside. But if you go out at any point, there's lots of people on the streets. If you go into a shop, there's no social distancing at all. really yeah none none at all it's not really talked about here that i've seen so uh people are just queuing beside each other walking beside each other uh, kind of as normal really it's just a bit quieter
0: so does that mean that there isn't compliance or is it that covid19 is not as big a threat there
4: well i think there's growing realization of the threat that wasn't there for the first few weeks. So uh, Japan had cases before Europe did, so quite early on, but it never had the explosive growth of cases of COVID-19 that happened in other countries. And it was kind of held up as a little bit of an oddity, you know, that nobody could figure out why.
0: Have they figured out why?
4: No, not really. There's a a few theories. So there's uh, people here when they're sick, they would often wear masks anyway. It's quite a normal thing to do. If you're walking down the street, you always see people wearing masks. Um, There's that people don't touch much. You know, it's a culture where you don't shake hands, you don't hug. You don't really come into close physical contact with people very often. Uh, You're more likely to bow or nod your head at people. Uh, so there's, there's that as well. And the other thing is that maybe just they did a lot of early containment measures. So they closed a lot of public buildings like museums and venues, um, like national buildings. Uh, so And they hospitalized even mild cases. So there's a chance that maybe that just contained it very quickly. But then after a few weeks, as often happens, people get a bit complacent. So people started going out a lot more and especially towards the sort of mid-march is when the cherry blossoms start coming out and the cherry blossoms coming out in japan is a really big event Yeah, uh, it's a big cultural event you have parties under the cherry blossom you go out cherry blossom viewing it's you really considered a mark of spring it's one of the seasonal markers that's really important culturally so people started going out and there would be huge crowds and now a few weeks after that, we're seeing a big bump in cases. So cases are going up every day and it's looking a lot more serious. So people have stopped trying to do these Hanami parties, they're, they're called, and take it a bit more seriously and stay at home and work from home.
0: So now that the this request, are, it's being described as a state of emergency mm. at this side of the world, but it's called a request over there. Um, so what are the... What are the new restrictions that are coming into place and what impact will that have on people? Everybody's just going to stay at home more?
4: I actually don't know. So the current, as I said, request that was made, I think it was two weeks ago, was to say, if you can work from home, avoid going out uh, for unnecessary reasons. And uh, people did it to a certain extent and a lot of, say, coffee shops or things like that took it on themselves to close at the weekend, like Starbucks, for example, closed for the weekends. But that was, you know, on the, on their own. They took that decision. Yeah. Um this new state of emergency that is being announced, we actually I actually don't know yet because it's not officially announced yet.
0: Um, so are there so still concerts taking place and things like that?
4: Yes, there are. Uh, There are still concerts taking place, but it depends. So places that were larger kind of national places. So concert hall, uh, the No Theatre has been closed for since early March, I think. Uh, Anywhere that's kind of national or is run by a large organisation, a lot of those have been closed for quite a while. But you often see a lot of people posting on social media and things, pictures of like smaller underground gigs or clubs like club like the clubbing scene is really big here and electronic music is really big here and people are still going to clubs which are pretty tightly packed I suspect that after tomorrow that might change but as of now I don't know what the changes will be
0: so I it it doesn't sound like there's a lot of concern amongst the music and art scene there then
4: I think there is just a lot of denial for quite a while especially because as I said Japan was held up as this you know unique place where the where it didn't take off so everyone said well we did great job (laughs) that's fine but I don't know I think now it's only people are only beginning really to take it seriously.
0: Is there much consciousness of how serious this situation can get like awareness of what happened in Italy what's happening in Italy what's happening in Spain?
4: I think that's the the biggest issue and i've noticed that in other places um, as well so say i work part-time in an english teaching school and the other members of staff there people who are in close contact with europe were very much more aware and taking a lot more precautions than people who weren't and i think that is the same among the the trainees so the the Japanese people and other students and people I come into contact with day to day is that people who have close ties to Europe and are regularly consuming media from there or watching their social media, um, I seem to be a lot more aware than people who are only consuming, say, Japanese media or are only aware of what's happening sort of in Japan.
0: If some institutions, if a growing number of institutions and organizations and businesses are going to be shutting up shop, is there going to be any support from them? for them from the government
4: not that i've seen there is some talk about supports for individual families if they if their income is threatened you know over a certain amount i haven't seen anything about the arts specifically and i just I, i'm not sure it's at that stage yet where where the government is considering supports for specific industries. Um, having just lost the Olympics as well is a really big blow to things here. And I suspect that will be very much a focus for a little while. Uh, but then the other thing I will say is that I'm not, unlike I was in Ireland, I'm not that involved in the more kind of formal music or art scenes or the community here in the same way.
0: To the best of your knowledge though, is there good support for the arts and the music scene there from the stage as it stands?
4: Uh, there seems to be, but there's a real divide between types of art consumption. So there's a lot of sponsorship of things like visual arts. So if you go to any of the main centres where there's shopping centres or things like that, there's very often a gallery, often a modern art gallery. And it's sponsored by or, you know, supported by whoever runs this, you know, particular shopping area. Um, there are very large institutions like the symphony orchestra and things like that. Or for traditional arts, of course, there's every Everything takes place in the national theaters or most, you know, most of the bigger events take place in the national theaters. So they're really very well supported. In terms then of, of, of other art forms, it seems to be very much an indie scene. So it's very much independent. It's very much based on, um, you know, just, just public support. The other thing is that in, in Japan and in Tokyo, the people have a lot of disposable income. So people spend money to go to concerts and concerts are expensive. So even a small indie band concert in a tiny venue that fits 30 people will cost the equivalent of, you know, 30, 40 euro. And right. so um, people have that to spend. They have discretionary income to spend. So it's much, I think it's more, it's quite feasible to make a living as a musician in that way, because you can run small gigs and and earn money from them. And then the the more classical end of things has supports, but is also very, uh, it seems to be very connected to the academic side of things. You train at a particular academy or a particular conservatory or a particular university, and your concerts are kind of organized through that university and you stay with them for quite a long time they do a lot of showcase concerts that are run by that institution so it's kind of a combination between I guess what you could call sort of state but I guess sort of institutional support
0: yeah and musically what about your own work are you working on anything at the moment uh
4: yeah I'm working on quite a lot of things so my university where I'm I'm studying no theater it's on spring break but it's also going to be closed for an extended amount of time so I've been using the time to work on new pieces. Uh, but for me, I decided rather than try to get very much into you know, the new music scene here, I've been trying to absorb as much as I can of more traditional arts and just the general soundscape of Tokyo, which is really just fascinating to me um, because it's so different from cities in Europe.
0: And how is the soundscape different?
4: It's a lot quieter than you would expect. This is one thing that really surprised me when I moved to Tokyo is how quiet it is. And some people laugh at me when I say that and they say, no, it's not quiet at all. But it has this sort of uh, conflict all the time between people are quite quiet. There's not that much traffic. Um, People don't make noise on the streets very much. You know, everyone is very considerate. But then if you go to busier places, the air is kind of filled with jingles and advertising and bright lights and that kind of noise. Yeah. So you could be on a really quiet street and there could be thousands of people on, well, a few months ago, there would might be thousands of people on the street. And I would be always really struck by how quiet it is and how quietly the kind of sound of voices and things like that come across. But then you have all this commercial noise, you know, that might be just around the corner. And then you might go around another corner and you'll be, you know, beside a beautiful temple. And if you wait around there, it'll be very serene, but there might also be some chanting or there might be some bells. And all of these things are all right beside each other.
0: Composer Anna-Murray in Tokyo. My final conversation is with fiddle player Martin Hayes, who is in Asturias in northern Spain. He told me about the social and political situation there, and how the pandemic has affected his own work. What is the general mood like among
3: people in Spain at the moment? Well, you know, that's very hard to know because we don't meet any of them. But uh, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, I I mean, Spain has gotten hit harder than Ireland. So like things are much more shut down and um, the police are out on the streets in a kind of a, in, in, in a way, they keep you reminded like that, you know, I obviously it's a bigger country and they don't rely on volunteer response to the same degree. So the laws are a little stricter. But um, like in, in the small towns here, they're, they're probably quite fearful. I think in the city, like they're just kind of shocked. I think, you know, in Madrid, from what I'm hearing. And what kind of restrictions are in place where you are? Well, um. Only one person can leave the house together, you know, like, like my wife and I can't really go for a walk together. Like if you're going to the shop, only one of us can go, you know, Um, and and you only can go to the shop and go to the closest store. You can't decide I'm going to go shopping 50 miles away, you know, so you, you have to go to your local supermarket and shop there and that's it. Pretty much. And if you have a dog, you can walk the dog. But like I've known, for example, like in Madrid, people walking the dog, they go, what's your dog's name? They'll, the police will ask. And five minutes later, they'll ask you, what's your dog's name again? <laughs> you know, it's uh, so, so the, 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 there was actually a story that the people were using other people's dogs to get out. But anyway,
0: you mentioned the word shock and fear there. Is that the prevailing mood?
3: I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's um, there's probably a bit of anger as well. There's a little resentment towards the government here, I think I'm seeing, because there was a sense of the government's failure to respond in time and actually kind of endorsing large public events right at the beginning uh, when they knew in a way that this was very risky, you know. And uh, they, they feel like that there was a, a big women's rights march at the very beginning there that was like an explosive bomb. That kind of pushed uh, Spain's, um, you know, spread of the virus dramatically. Like that's what they believe, and so th- there's there's a bit of resentment at the government for not having acted sooner and faster. I think, you know, no, but of course, you know, that's politics, so that's not a universal response. Like, but but I've been seeing seeing a bit of that, you know. And what has
0: been the impact on your own work? I mean, you had two big concerts coming up in in Dublin and London with the, the Common Ground Ensemble just yeah. before it all happened.
3: Well, for me, it was it was kind of dramatic because like I, I actually had spent most of the last six to eight months kind of preparing uh, these concerts. And uh, and I had a tour in America and I had solo concerts and I had concerts with the quartet. And I had, I, like, I had everything crammed into this time period. So essentially, basically, my years' work just vanished, you know. So that's really what happened there, you know. So. Uh, and what do you what do you think about that? Well, it's 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 uh it's it's a, it was a bit shocking at first, you know, because um it's obviously like a a, a big financial blow, you know, because uh, the way I was doing these shows was that I was kind of you know, kind of walking with my own manager and kind of, you know, creating the events, you know, with the concert hall and stuff. So, like, you, you know, we were taking responsibility for uh, a lot of the advanced spending and stuff like that as well. So there was a loss of money invested, never mind the income. But um, it's uh, the, the, the yes, there was. But on, on, on the positive side of that, when, when I had the band together at, at the concert hall, we were sitting Uh, in in a room rehearsing for the two concerts when when the announcement came through, So we actually went to Grouse Lodge um, the next day and recorded an album. So at least we got an album out of Being Together, which, you know, will come out sometime in the next months, I'm sure, you know, but...
0: Had you been planning to do that anyway?
3: We had, but we brought it forward then,
0: you know. So musically, are you able to work on... Anything at the moment? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. you know, I find myself just about as busy as I always am in a a funny way. Like, you know, like I'm, 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 I was, I was, I had actually planned to maybe do some online master classes and things, you know, which, which I eventually will do. But um, what what I'm going to do in the meantime is just kind of, you know, just, for for other musicians who are out there and a lot of aspiring musicians to um, just teach a tune every few days, I'm just going to play uh, like a few just the way I learned it from my father. You know, I'll just play a few phrases of a tune, and, uh, and 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 whoever wants to learn the tune with me can play it along with me. You know, you know. Obviously, it'll be a video. I won't be there at that stage, but it'll be. Um, but I, I, a way of learning tunes, you know, just kind of an, an easy way of learning tunes for people like like I teach that in in classes sometimes, you know. Are you going to do this on social media? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this while I'm here in, while, yes, while I'm here in Asturias, you know, I'm I'm going to start doing that, and it's just, it's just it's for free, you know, so I, I'm not you know trying to make money out of that, like so. Anyway, we'll we'll um, I'll hopefully in the next week or two get that going, you know, just. To, Right. Well, it's 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 um, anyway, just a way of connecting with people and a way of, you know, giving something in a sense, I suppose, you know, is this pandemic and
0: the social situation and the global situation, is it influencing your
3: thinking, your work in any way? Um, there, there will be a post pandemic reality, you know, uh, that, that I'm not quite sure what that is just yet. Um, I think I think, um, you know, I can imagine like that that we, we might be a little less frivolous, you know, when, when we get to the other side of this. And I'm also wondering how, how this will impact, um, you know, our political consciousness going forward as well. You know, whether whether we will e- e- emerge with a kind of a uh, I, I, I imagined that we would emerge with a, a kind of a will to think bigger. do bigger, to achieve greater. I mean, because even though this is a it's a horrible pandemic, there is a certain greatness to it and magnitude to it and a kind of a and a magnitude of response to it, which indicates that we have like a potential magnitude of capacity to respond to climate change, for example, should we actually really take it seriously. So I think that there might be a an interesting future ahead now musically i mean I, like my 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 whole approach to music has always been to kind of you know s- see what your heart is saying you know and so i think i would always try to do that you know no, no matter what like so in a sense like i i i don't have any new music or any uh, i i suppose with this crisis it, it definitely makes you ask that question um in a more serious way, you, you you really do want to make sure that what you're doing um, is a genuine contribution, uh, and and because there there is a feeling like that almost everything that anybody does is frivolous beyond being a farmer or a delivery person or a supermarket worker. Uh, all, all our professions feel a little bit uh, unnecessary in some ways. So so the the, the important the the question I suppose to ask is always like what can i actually deliver here you know and uh, and i do think music can offer uh, comfort it can offer great joy i think it can offer hope and possibility and it can be inspiration and it you know it can it can help people to you know dream bigger think bigger you know feel bigger there is a sense
0: online that Music is playing a really important part, and that has happened quite quickly. I mean, obviously, music has always been important, but very quickly, musicians moved online and started sharing their music. That's having a big impact.
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's actually it's it's kind of reflecting the need for the human connection, and that music is a huge part uh, of our connectedness. And 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 so, like, even though it's sonically less than perfect, and it's kind of you know minimally you know, produced and presented, it's still actually ticking that box in terms of, like, person-to-person communication, humanity, um, and in almost all the performances I see, I see at least, like, a, at a minimum, a technical vulnerability, you know, which which uh, musicians have been willing to expose, and so I think that's um, all good, you know, and uh, it's keeping people connected, you know, that's, that's the important thing.
0: Do you think it's going to change our thinking on music in any way the longer this goes on
3: um i i think you know like music exists on a spectrum somewhere you know all music is somewhere in a spectrum between like high art and and pure unadulterated entertainment uh, and, and and what I mean by art, I suppose I'm, I'm talking about meaning and soulfulness and kind of a deeper expression. Um, and maybe maybe this crisis moves the needle in general more in that direction. You know, that's what I yeah. would think.
0: Thanks for listening to the Journal of Music podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or follow us on SoundCloud. This episode was presented by Toner Quinn and produced by Shannon McNamee. For more on the Journal of Music, visit journalofmusic.com.